Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome to this podcast. This is a joyful podcast at the beginning of 2023. And as I've said before, we should give thanks at the beginning, not the end of things. At the end is appropriate and always good, but at the beginning is an act of faith. Never underestimate the power of praise and thanksgiving. Praise scatters the enemy. Thanksgiving draws near to God. Thanksgiving is that quality that Jesus commended when the the one foreigner returned after there were 10 lepers that were healed and one foreigner, he came back and said, thank you. He closed the loop. And we always should be closing that loop between being beneficiaries, receiving from God so much and returning to him to give thanks each week in the house of God or each day as we begin our day. Thanksgiving should be the culture of our conversation, appreciation, gratitude, giving thanks in all things as the Bible says, which is an amazing scripture that Paul gives us in Ephesians 5.20. But today is on Psalm 100 and verse 1 says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. That, That doesn't say, look, if you happen to feel like shouting, go ahead and just let one out. Uh, It's more about actually creating a shout of victory to the Lord. I don't know the last time you shouted. Was it for your local soccer team? Was it for the tennis player? Was it for something on TV? Was it in anger maybe or maybe in, in astonishment or in aghast with something? But here the Lord is saying, I want you to shout with joy and make a joyful shout to the Lord. And uh, you might like to try that just uh, out in the choir when nobody's watching too much and just go, oh, yes, Lord, and let one out. It could set your soul free. And uh, joy is a very powerful quality. Never underestimate the power of joy either. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And another proverb says laughter is good for you like a medicine like a medicine. Maybe we should slow down on the pills that we take and actually increase on the level of laughter we enjoy in our lives. And if we're talking about making a joyful noise, that means uh, actually generating a shout, a laugh, a smile. Let's find something that will make us smile. And if we've got nothing around us, Let's just make a smile anyway. Smile at the future. Smile at your present circumstances. Smile in faith saying God will do the impossible. Then it says uh, in Psalm 100 verse 1, the second part of this verse is all you lands. This excludes no one. This is saying the whole nation should be making shouts for joy. Sometimes when you see a soccer team win, win some great competition, And uh, recently we saw that with the World Cup. And what a celebration throughout the entire nation that was winning. It It is a national feeling when you've got a common victory. 
And Jesus is the common victory for the whole church and for everybody everywhere. He rose from the dead for us all so that once we receive him, that same resurrection power lives inside of us, all you lands. So let not the introvert say, oh, I'm not a, a shouty kind of person. I'm a quiet, withdrawn kind of person. Here's the Bible is saying, no, give it a shout. Let it out. You might say, well, God's not deaf. Yeah, he's not deaf. That's true. But he's not nervous either. And we can shout to God with a voice of triumph. And we will find it has a, has a spiritual, supernatural power attached to it. The next verse says, serve the Lord with gladness. This is so important. And one of the ways that we serve the Lord with gladness is when we do what He has called us to do with the gifts He has given us. Too many believers have a wrong theology that says, you know what, God wants you to do things you don't like doing. Then you're really serving God. God wants you to do things that are hard to do. Well, I don't know. I have never, ever found that after 50 years of serving the Lord. I've found that his yoke is light and his burden is easy. So if I'm saying it's heavy serving the Lord, it's hard serving the Lord, I think I've picked up the wrong yoke because he said my yoke is easy. My burden is light. This has got to be a revolution in our minds so that we, we think, well, I, I'm going to do my gift. And my, if my gift is helps, what am I trying to do speaking and preaching? If my gift is, is leading, uh, then I should be doing that with diligence and actually exercising the calling that God has put on my life. And it always takes a step of faith to not do things and to do the things we're meant to do. So let's commit ourselves to serving the Lord with joy, with gladness, smiling in our hearts that I love doing the will of God. If what you're doing is not enjoyable and you might be feeling obligated to do it, you might be feeling under pressure to do it, you might be feeling that there are other forces at work that are compelling you to live that way. But be bold enough to say, you know what, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to be obedient to the call and the gifting of God I've got. And then you will find, I delight to do thy will, is the same uh, voice that you have as the psalmist did. Then it says, come before his presence with singing. You know, there is a, a psalm that says, uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Like we've just read, make a joyful shout. And I'm encouraged by that because neither shouting nor noise means I have to be able to carry a tune or that I need a beautiful singing voice. And uh, I think that if we can just have a melody in our heart and come before the Lord with singing, we will find ourselves ushered into the presence of the Lord because worship is the pathway. It's the highway into heaven. It's the highway of heaven. It's the highway that God lands on. He dwells in amongst the praises of his people. And then he says, the psalmist says, know that the Lord, he's God. Well, here's the thing. The Lord of Israel, Yahweh, he is the God who created the heavens and the earth. Now, there are many gods worshipped and revered by all kinds of nations, but there is only one God who has created the heavens and the earth, and that is the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the Father of Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
No other gods will ever be able to claim that. False gods are unable to create anything. God himself has created all things out of nothing, simply by speaking them into existence. And then it says, he, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Oh, there are sometimes and we, we imagine that we have accomplished all sorts of things. I think we might be surprised how much help we got from the Lord. I, might, I think we might be uh, perplexed by how powerful God has been in our lives at actually helping us achieve anything that we are kind of feeling proud of. But God likes to make us look better than we are. I think of that, that stingy old bridegroom at Cana of Galilee who had a wedding, but he didn't buy enough wine. He only bought whatever couple bottles, three bottles, and he had a hundred guests. And pretty soon they were run out of wine. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, remember, called him over and said, can you help us? And Jesus eventually said, okay, I'll take the water and uh, take it to the master of ceremonies. And they did. And on the journey from the water pot to the master of ceremonies, that water changed into wine. And the master of ceremonies, he said, what? This wine is incredible. This is the best wine. And he said, most men, and he's complimenting the bridegroom. He said, most men, they wait until everybody's drunk so they can't tell what they're drinking and then they serve up the bad wine at the end. But you, you have served the best wine until the last. And this is, this is amazing. Jesus isn't bouncing around on the corner saying, hey, that was me, that was me. No, here, here is this bridegroom being made look as a generous, overflowing, high-quality citizen who's just blessed all of his guests, which is exactly the opposite to what he was. Jesus gives us an image to live up to, not one to live down to. So from then on, whenever that gentleman was invited along with his new bride to any house. It was expected he'd be bringing some really good wine. And so he was now under obligation to a new image that Jesus had, had given him. It's, it's amazing that God makes us into the kind of people we are meant to be, the best version of ourselves. And he begins at the point where we are born again, where we invite Jesus into our life, we say, thank you, Lord, for coming into my world. And we are born again. From then on, we are transformed daily by the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Then the psalmist says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So he is God who's created everything. We, he made us, not ourselves, and we are his people. So when we become born again, God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. You are firstborn of the Father. As soon as you receive Christ, you are amongst those who are the firstborn. And you are the sheep of his pasture. He has a pasture that is full of abundance. God's pastures far exceed any other pastures that you could feed on as a human in this life. They are rich with the richest of God's blessings. And he wants you to come into his pasture, feed with his sheep, and feed on the word of God. And then comes this line in this psalm that really inspires me and has inspired this podcast, where he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. The Message Bible says, enter with the password, 
thank you. <laughs> That's the password into God's presence. If we come with complaining, eh, we, it's not going to open up for us. We come with moaning, eh, ain't going to open up for us. We come with demanding or any other thing. Come with gratitude. Come with thanksgiving and you will find the doors of heaven, the doors of his presence, the doors to the Holy Spirit open wide. A, gra- a heart of gratitude is all that God is looking for in us who have been receiving from his benefits every day. And that's all of us. And so as we come with thanksgiving, it adjusts our attitude, especially when we come to God with thanksgiving for the circumstances we're in, even if they're negative, the people who surround us, even if some of them are difficult. When we thank God for all that has happened, is happening, and is going to happen, it expresses faith, saying we are thankful to God and we are submitted to His will, whatever comes. We know that you'll be enabling us and empowering us to actually cope with it. For some people, murmuring and complaining is the culture of their entire conversation. You know when you're speaking with them, it it doesn't matter what positive thing you say, they are going to reply with something that complains about some area of life. It's just impossible to be either complaining or critical for people with that sort of conversation in their life. And if I, I've said to people, look, you know, really dial down the complaining and upgrade the, the thanksgiving and the gratitude. And they, they find it hard to think in that zone. They can't think beyond complaining or criticism. It's, it's like a groove in their brain. So I would say if you've got grooves like that, change them because you're attracting into your life all sorts of calamities every time you complain. In the Old Testament, we find that the, uh, in Numbers 21 that the Israelites were complaining to Moses day in and day out. And eventually in the wilderness, all these snakes came out and started biting them and poisoning them. And Moses was told, look, erect a pole with a brazen serpent on it, and anybody who looks will be healed and they will live. Well, he did that, and that happened. In fact, Jesus refers to this moment, and he says, if the Son of Man is lifted up, all those who believe on him will be saved. So believing on and looking on are very similar. In the New Testament, Paul speaks about how the the 1 Corinthians 10.10, the The destroyer was released when they complained. So when we complain, we release a spiritual atmosphere that invokes destruction. But when we start to praise God and thank God, we close that door and we open the door to heaven. So it is in our mouth that we make a choice and we cannot afford to underestimate the power of complaining as well so that we should not allow ourselves to be that whiny sort of person. And so we go into his courts with praise, the psalmist says. Entering his presence, we come with worship and praise, not with complaining, that won't get you far at all. But coming into his courts with praise, and it forces your mind to dwell on those things that are worthy of praise, things that are good, things that are positive, things that are miraculous, things that are wonderful. And when you have a mind that is focusing on those things, you fill yourselves with light. Then it carries on, says, be thankful to him. It's so important to give thanks. But it is thanks that is to him that is the most important. Sometimes I see people who are receiving an award 
or being congratulated for something, and they'll say, I'm so thankful. And I'm waiting for who to? Because you can't just be thankful. Thankful to what? To who? Thankfulness is always to a person. Imagine buying somebody something at, at Christmas and you've, you've sacrificed and you've scrimped and, you've, and you give it to them and they're so joyed when they open it up and they just say, oh, wow, and they look around the whole room and say, I'm so thankful. Well, they're meant to close the loop and say, to you, you know, to thank you. And that is what Thanksgiving is about. It's saying thank you to the Lord. It's part of our personal relationship with Him. And whenever we're thankful for something, it includes that person in the experience. It widens the experience beyond just ourselves. We enjoy the event and the moment together. Then it says, bless His name. We live in a world of cursing and blasphemy. To bless the name of Jesus, to glorify the name of Jesus is so very important. And the why of our praise is in the next line, for the Lord is good. I know He's great. I know He's amazing. I know He's awesome. But there's something about that word good that is amazing. At the end of every part of creation, the Bible says, and God saw that it was good which would have to be amongst the greatest greatest understatements of all time. I mean, every bit of creation is, is awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping, breathtaking. And yet God said he saw that it was good. And maybe good is better than great because I've met people who are ostensibly great, but they're not maybe good. But a good person is intrinsically good, trustworthy, reliable, have good character. And so the Lord is good. He is trustworthy. You can put all your heart trust in Him. And then it says that His goodness is expressed in the next line, His mercy is everlasting. There's not one sin that can match the mercy of God. There's not one shortcoming that can match the grace of God. Grace and mercy will always win will always triumph over every shortcoming you can ever make, every shortcoming you'll ever make. His mercy is everlasting. Jesus has died once for all. His blood is effective in mercy, cleansing any soul that comes to Him forever. And so you and I can come to Jesus with a repentant heart, moving from sin into Him and saying, Dear God, forgive me. His mercy is there to wipe away And if we are not immediately feeling the release from that guilt, we simply move into faith and live in that living room of faith and say, I am justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And out of Romans chapter 5, verse 1, therefore I have peace with God. And we just speak His Scripture and that will form a thinking and a mindset that actually possesses all that God has for us. His mercy, friend, is everlasting. And the last line in this beautiful psalm, And His truth endures to all generations. Let me tell you this. His his Word and the truths of God are relevant to every person in every age, of every age, from the young to the old. Men, women, everyone is included in this all generations. And it includes every tribe, every nation, Every family, every kind of person throughout the earth, his truth is relevant 
to every human being, just like air is relevant to our lungs, just like water is relevant to our bodies, so God is relevant to our whole life. His spiritual nature imbues us with power from on high and changes us and transforms us. He is the key in a lock that no other key will fit that is in our spiritual life. His truth is everlasting and endures to all generations. Let me pray for you as you move into 2023 with thanksgiving. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every listener, and I believe, God, that you will touch them today with the power of the Holy Spirit and create in us a thankful, grateful heart every day of our lives, knowing that that will set the temperature for our lives and for the people around us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope we'll be back real soon.